Welcome to Let's Talk Agriculture, Episode 10. In this podcast, Oliver McIntyre talks to Camilla Hazelden-Ashby, Head of Product at Field Margin, about her experiences of farming industrial hemp, its benefits and drawbacks, and where it fits into the topic of sustainability. Here's Oliver. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our September podcast. Those of you who listen in regularly will know that we've been focusing lately on sustainability in the agricultural sector and how we can all pull together to achieve that 2040 net zero emissions target set for the sector. In this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Camilla Hazelden-Ashby, who not only is part of an innovative farmer's project to grow industrial hemp, but is also, as part of that project, also undertaking a Nuffield scholarship about it. Camilla, delighted you've taken the time out to join us today to discuss industrial hemp, and welcome to the Let's Talk Agriculture podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Camilla, you've obviously got lots of projects going on, and we're going to talk in more depth about the industrial hemp, but can you tell me a little bit about what you do at Field Margin, but also, as well as having a job, you're also a farmer at home. Tell me a little bit about the farm at home and where you are and where you're located. I currently, as you say, wear two hats, so I split my time between my role as head of product at a farming tech startup called Field Margin, and we make software to help farmers to manage their business. So creating a digital map of their farm, which is accessible wherever you are, on your laptop or on your phone or tablet, where you can then keep track of work, where your livestock are, access satellite imagery with NDVI analysis. And really, the goal is to make a product that's very, very easy to use and takes the hassle out of keeping farm records so you can just be out in the field, note something down, and then when you need that information later on, it will be accessible to you wherever you are. My role within that is understanding how are farmers using the app? What do they like? What do they not? What's going on in the farming industry as a whole? And based on that, what should we build next? And how can we improve build margin to make it more useful to farmers? Then my other role is with Family Farm, which is down in Kent. We're about 320 hectares on the edge of the Romney Marsh, and we're quite a traditional mixed farm. We've got uh, some permanent pasture, which is all in a triple SI on the Romney Marsh, and that's grazed with Romney ewes. We have about a 1,000 ewes, and then for the arable, our rotation is a lot of spring cropping now, so spring wheat, spring barley. Some years we'll get some winter wheat into the mix, depending on weed pressure winter or spring beans, some years peas, some years oilseed rape, and of course now the hemp. And so the hemp was something that I started looking at with the eye on the farm to think about diversifying our cropping rotation and really improving the margins for the farm. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Innovative Farmers Initiative and the project you're working on with them, Industrial Hemp, but also I think that's part of your Nuffield Scholarship as well, isn't it? Yes, that's right. I actually started looking at growing hemp on the farm about three years ago and through my research discovered several challenges around growing hemp within the UK because it's a crop which isn't widely grown here, such as licensing, agronomy knowledge, lack of processing facility and lack of established routes to market. 
which is why alongside starting to grow hemp on the farm, I applied to do the Nuffield Scholarship, which is researching how can farmers take advantage of hemp as a profitable and sustainable crop. And that also through my membership of the BHA, the British Hemp Alliance, led me to get involved in the Innovative Farmers Project to look at the environmental benefits of growing hemp. Oh, that's brilliant. I'll be honest with you, Camilla, it's not a crop I know masses about, but it is a crop that seems to be sometimes a little misunderstood. Perhaps it might be best for you as an expert to explain what the crop is, what can be used for, and probably more importantly, just to clear and clarify things, what it actually isn't. Hemp, or what we call industrial hemp, is cannabis sativa L with a THC content of below 0.2%. What does that actually mean? Well, THC is the psychoactive component of cannabis for context within cannabis a person might smoke for recreational use. You'd have a THC content of around 20%, so it's a lot, lot lower. But hemp is an incredible plant, which has uh, the latest paper that I read is over 25,000 uses. You can harvest the seed for food, and they're incredibly nutritious. They're very high in omega-3 and omega-6. It's very nutritious oil, and it's also very high in protein, so as well as being pressed for cooking oil, it can be used to make protein isolates for um, you know, plant-based foods, and it can be used as a very nutritious animal feed, and also in cosmetic products. And then you have the stem material, which has two parts. You have the woody core or herd of the stem, which can be broken up, and that can be used in construction in something called hempcrete, which is, as the name suggests, similar to concrete, but it's made out of the hemp shiv mixed with lime. And that's used to create a building material which actually sequesters carbon as it sets. And it's very light, so it's nice to work with. It's breathable and it's fire retardant. So as we look to make housing that's more sustainable and meet our housing goals for the future, that's a really promising building material to be looking at. And then you have the outer fibers of the hemp stem, which can be used to make textiles. So as a natural fiber, instead of using cotton, which as we know, requires a lot of pesticides and water irrigation, and can also be used in biocomposites, so mixed with a resin and then used to make a sustainable plastic and also for insulation as an alternative to rock wool. And then the final part that can be used, well, this is a bit more of a hypothetical for the UK grower, is the flour. And the flour is what you would process to derive CBD, which I'm sure you would have seen if you've been into your local health food shop. And CBD oil is fantastic for helping manage pain, dealing with anxiety, helping alleviate inflammation. And that's derived from the hemp flower. There's also a lot of other cannabinoids. So THC is a cannabinoid and CBD is another one. There's actually over 100 different cannabinoids, many of which haven't been researched yet to understand all of their medical potential. That's also a huge potential area for growth. 
that at the moment within the UK, it's not legal to process the hemp flowers. So as part of the licensing from the Home Office to be able to grow industrial hemp, you have to say that you will only use the seed and the stem of the plant and that the flowers and leaves will be destroyed. Wow. I knew it had a lot of uses and a lot of potential, but I didn't know it was going to be that many. We could fill the whole podcast with you just listing the uses, I think, for industrial hemp. So you've already mentioned that hemp's a good sequestrator of carbon as it grows. And then obviously, if you process the fibre of the hemp, whether it's into concrete or hempcrete or other uses, it then sort of locks that carbon up. What's it like as a, a crop? to grow I I believe it's very low maintenance when it comes to sort of fertilizers and sprays is it a good crop to establish yeah it's quite it's quite an easy crop to grow so we've had our our first crop in the ground this year and it's actually had absolutely no inputs which wouldn't be quite typical normally you'd expect to put a little bit of nitrogen at the start of the growing season maybe just about 50 kg just to get it started and that's your only input for the season there aren't any pesticides licensed for use on it in the UK, and it isn't particularly vulnerable to pests and disease anyway, so they're not really necessary. It's fantastic for competing with weeds once it's got past the initial seedling stage. Once it's gotten away, it really does get away, and it will shade out all other weeds, which means, A, you don't need herbicides when you're growing it, and also... It has potential, something that we were very interested in for our farm, since we have quite bad blackgrass problems on some parts of the farm, was that potential to shade out weeds and use it as a non-chemical method of weed control. It also is really deep-rooted. The roots can go down to up to two metres, and it has a very thick taproot. So there's potential there for alleviating compaction in the soil and also bringing up nutrients that are further down in the soil to uh, the upper level of the soil to be available for future crops. There's been some research looking at the impact of growing hemp on follow-on crops, and they've found that it can increase your winter wheat yield, for example, by about 10%. Amazing. Like you say, just helping break up that soil, a really strong taproot going down that deeply is going to help with soil structure especially. I mean, it it feels like a crop that's got great potential to be introduced into UK cropping. I do think that we're probably, as the industry moves forward in the next six, eight years, Camilla, we're going to have to look a little more broadly at some crop rotations to introduce some different crops, not just because it will give us a variety of cropping, but also for, as you said, it's, it's good for weed management, it's good for soil management. You're obviously down there based in Kent. Is it very soil dependent? Could you grow it further north? Does it need those specific conditions to establish and begin to thrive? It's growing all over the country at the moment. So although there's only a small total hectare being grown within the UK, I think the latest statistic that I saw was just over 800 hectares. That's being grown all the way from down in Kent up to Yorkshire. There's a big grower there. And even there's a project in Scotland through the RISS with 10 growers trialing growing hemp up in Scotland. The key things that you require soil, like a lot of crops really, the better your soil is, the better it will do. The ideal is to have a nice silty soil, but where we're growing the crop, it's actually on some of the poorest land on the farm, grade three, pretty marginal stuff at the top of the hill. 
and which is by virtue of that being the only place that we could get have a license that the Home Office would feel was a suitable site. So it really is very tolerant of those marginal situations, which makes it brilliant as a pioneer crop for either less profitable arable land or even land that's a brownfield site or being um, returned back into the rotation after a break. Potentially, we've got a crop here that can capture large amounts of carbon, which then has follow-on uses that will lock that carbon up. It's a crop that can help weed control in a more natural way. It can help with soil structure. Once you get it established, it seems to be quite a low-input crop. Now, as an agricultural banker with a passion for the environment and natural world, I've also got a passion for numbers and figures. Do you have any information or have you looked at what sort of gross margin you're expecting? Do you have any data on that? Yes, so your gross margin will depend a little bit on which of those multitude of end uses that you go for that I alluded to earlier in the programme. The use that the majority of farmers are going for in the UK is the seed, and you can expect to sell the seed for about £500 a tonne. It might be more than that, depending on your contract or increasing number of people who are interested in pressing seed for oil. And you can expect a yield of seed of anything from 0.8 to 1.2 tonnes. You're the banker, you can do the maths on that one. I'm already, you... I'm already writing notes on my pad, Camilla. I'm already doing the maths. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well ahead of me, well ahead of me. And then on the fibre side of things, you can get yields anywhere from about 6 to 12 tonnes a hectare with fibre potential prices of about £160 a tonne. But the challenge there is the access to processing facilities to get from stem material to a usable product. So to get from hemp stem to the shiv and fibre that I mentioned earlier, you need to go through a process called decortication, which separates out those two components of the stem material to something that's usable. And within the UK at the moment, there's only three decortication facilities that I know of. And so that is quite a bottleneck for growers who are looking to go into the fibre market. But once that's alleviated and there is a lot of interest in establishing better processing networks for fibre, then that will be a very promising outlet for growers, especially as there's more interest in environmentally sustainable building, bioplastics, local and natural textiles, a lot of potential in that space. And then the final bit of the bottom line, which is a big unknown for UK growers because the CBD market is so changeable, is what the flower market for a grower might be. Currently shut off, as I've alluded to already, by government licensing restrictions. But if that were opened up, then that would be something that could take the potential gross margin from the crop from being hundreds of pounds per hectare up into the thousands very easily. Wow. Would there be any mileage in trying to work out how much carbon you're locking up when it goes into the fibre processing? And I suppose you could use those for the farm at home to get to that sort of net zero goal. And potentially, I suppose if your acreage was large enough, you could potentially market those units of carbon if it was spectacularly locking it up. Yes, selling for carbon credits would be another potential route to go down. It's estimated that 
hemp can sequester something like 22 tons of carbon per hectare. So in terms of a efficient way of sequestering carbon, it can be even better than trees. It puts on biomass extremely quickly, both above and below ground. Lots of upsides to industrial hemp, and potentially, as you alluded to already, if you get the ability to process flower heads as well, even more income to be gained. You've mentioned one of the downsides in passing two or three times, but what are the downsides to growing industrial hemp? I know you're only one year into the project, but there must have been some challenges. Yes, I've mentioned licensing a few times. Gaining a license to grow hemp is definitely one of the first challenges that you encounter as an aspiring grower. The hemp licensing is managed by the Home Office Drugs and Firearms Licensing Department, and it's not a particularly straightforward process. Within the licensing process, you have to have a criminal record check. You need to say where you're going to grow your hemp. And a key restriction to be aware of is that your proposed site for growing has to be away from public rights of way. So it can't be next to a road or footpath or next to houses, which particularly for farmers in quite developed areas like where we are down in Kent, we've only got something like three or four fields on the whole farm that would meet those requirements. And then there's a lot of back and forth to go through with the Home Office to get that license through. The cost isn't too bad, it's only £500, but it's more the overhead and understanding how that licensing process works. You've got to grow. At the moment, we're still using the EU certified seed list, but it's likely that that will change eventually to be a UK certified seed list, which I'm hopeful will mean the introduction of some additional varieties. One of the challenges as a grower for hemp in the UK is that there aren't many people doing it. And so the level of knowledge around agronomy, testing of which are the most suitable varieties for your particular location and objectives hasn't been done in this country. And so there's a lot of learning as you go, which makes it a little bit trickier. And then the other challenge for growing, which is useful to be aware of, is harvesting. If you're growing to seed, that's not too difficult as long as you have a shorter crop. So canola is very popular for seed growers. Um, that can go through a combine harvester. But for fibre, you need more specialised equipment to cut the stem, leave it to ret in the field, which is allowing it the bonds between that woody core and the fibre to break down bailing it up and then, as I've already alluded to, have access to a decortification facility to separate out the shiv and the fibre, which is a big gap in our facilities in this country at the moment. Camilla, you're part of the Innovative Farmers Project into industrial hemp. What's that hoping to achieve? What, what are the goals and outcomes that they're looking at? So the goal of the Innovative Farmers Industrial Hemp Project is to gather data on the environmental benefits of growing hemp. So in particular, the impact that growing hemp has on soil health and on biodiversity. So as part of the project, we're doing soil sampling with organic carbon analysis, both before and after the crop over a two-year period, as well as physical soil health analysis, earthworm counts, and then for that biodiversity piece, also looking at 
what pollinators and other beneficial insects we're finding in the crop. And the objective of this is that it will be another uh, plus point, gathering better data around the environmental benefits of growing hemp, which will help as we push for getting greater acceptance of hemp as a mainstream crop and getting the government on board to see that actually this is a crop that they should be encouraging farmers to grow rather than having a very difficult licensing process and restricting farmers in accessing a potentially profitable and environmentally sustainable crop. So Camilla, that's the innovative farmers schemes and outcomes that you're looking at, but you're also doing an off-field scholarship into industrial hemp. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, I'm just at the beginning of my Nuffield scholarship journey, researching hemp and really looking at how can we develop a thriving hemp sector and what are the markets for hemp within the UK. A big focus of the Nuffield scholarship is, of course, travel, which means that I've been a little bit slow getting going so far because Getting out of the country over the last 12 months hasn't really been possible. But as soon as I am able to travel, then I'll be going to the other countries around the world which have much more established or rapidly growing hemp sectors than we do in the UK. So places like China, the United States, Canada, France, Germany, Holland and Ukraine to understand how is the crop being growing there in terms of practicalities and then how have networks for processing facilities been developed and how are farmers marketing their crop? And I think that will be very helpful for filling in a lot of the questions that you've been asking throughout this episode. And yeah, I should also just mention that my Nuffield Scholarship has been kindly sponsored by the NFU Mutual Charitable Trust. So thank you very much to them for supporting this research and The final report will, of course, be available online for anyone to access. So hopefully that will be a useful resource for farmers going forward. That is some list of countries that you're hoping to get to. I hope that goes really well for you. Camilla, it's become a bit of tradition. UK agriculture is going through an intense period of change in the next six to eight years. And I always ask all the guests if they can think of three words that UK agriculture needs to be or aspire to be in the coming six to eight years. What three words did you come up with? My three words, open-minded, flexible and resilient. Camilla, it's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you. I've certainly learned loads about industrial hemp. Will you come back when you've got it harvested and when you know a little bit more about how it's all gone for you and maybe a bit further down the route of your Nuffield scholarship as well and and have another chat with us and tell us how you found harvest and how you found establishing the next crop? Sure, yes. I'd love to, anytime you have me. Camilla, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and you'll receive a notification when we release our next episode, which once again will take a look at another important topic facing UK farming businesses. All of our Let's Talk Agriculture podcasts are available to listen or download from our Barclays Let's Talk business channel on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. We have a series of podcasts on our Let's Talk business channel that delve deeper into important business topics and issues. Please add them to your playlist and take a listen. Make money work for you. We're not responsible for, nor do we endorse in any way, third-party websites or their content. 
The views and opinions expressed in this content don't necessarily reflect the views of Barclays Bank UK PLC, nor should they be taken as statements of policy or intent of Barclays Bank UK PLC. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no responsibility for the veracity of information intimated by a third party and no warranties or undertakings of any kind, whether expressed or implied, regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information given. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no liability for the impact of any decisions made based on information contained and views expressed. Barclays Bank UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.